Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Welcome to episode two of A Better Way podcast. You're here with Courtney and Danielle, and we are back with what I think is a very interesting topic. Today, we're going to talk about how to fuel yourself for success. And by that, we don't just mean food, but that could be one of the ways. Uh, but one of the hacks that I've learned as a mompreneur over the last few months is what you put in your body and mind is so critical to success um, and to having the energy to keep going because being a working parent, um, especially one who owns her own business, takes a lot out of you. So I'm excited to share some things that have worked for me today. Danielle, I can't wait to hear your tips and tricks too, because I may steal some of them. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, I'm just curious, Danielle, do you have certain things that you do every day that you need to do to have a good day and feel yourself for success? Cause I know you're busy. You're juggling a lot right now. One of the things that I do every day is take time for myself in the morning. And now a lot of people will give you the advice that you should wake up before your kids and do a meditation or a workout. And that just doesn't work for me. My son wakes up way too early, like 5.30, and I'm not going to wake up before that. So um, I wake up with him. We have some nice time. We're, I'm lucky enough that he goes to school every day, at least in the morning. And, uh, and so drop off is at 8.30. I drop him off. I come home or sometimes my husband does. If my husband does, I do it right away. If I drop him off, I drop him off. I come home, I make a cup of coffee and I sit down on the couch and do a meditation. And that just helps me relax and get into the right mind frame for the work day because the morning can be super stressful depending on the day. And, uh, I just need to decompress for a minute before I can jump into my work day. Do you, I'm curious. I love that. Um, I used to meditate every morning and I've kind of, kind of fallen out of that habit. Same reason, like the kids are up and you don't have the me time, but what, how do you meditate? Do you just do like generic meditation? Do you have a meditation app or a meditation like program that you follow? I use insight timer and I just use their free meditations, um, which works really well for me. I like that you can sort by, um, how much time you have. So you can, you can say, Oh, I only have 10 minutes. And that's about the time I give myself, um, 10 minutes. And, and so I see all the meditations that are only 10 minutes long and can pick one that speaks to me, which is nice. Yeah. I like it when you can pick by time too. I actually use, uh, the 10% happier app, which is by Dan. I'm going to forget his last name now, but he's like a ABC or NBC news anchor who created, who wrote a book and then created an app. And same thing you can pick from like three minute, five minute, 10 minute meditations and different topics. I like that one a lot. And then 
I love that you brought up the tip of meditation because I actually, one of my clients that I support from a business and social media perspective is Kim Perry, and she's a prenatal and postnatal fitness expert. And she just came out with a program called Mindful Mamas, and it's meditations for moms, and it's also positive affirmations. Um, and I just started using some of hers after I do her workouts, and they're awesome because I feel like she, she like knows all of the mom guilt feelings or the, I just need to be recentered or it's all going to be okay. Or just take three minutes and breathe for yourself. So when I do her meditations, I feel like she totally gets me and knows me. And I come back out like super just calm and a little bit more even keeled. So that is a shameless plug that if anyone um, has not checked her out yet, I highly recommend not only her fitness programs, cause I do that every day too, but, um, her meditation programs. I really, really love, uh, do you eat anything special in the mornings too? Especially just coming from the health and nutrition background? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, my health and nutrition background would tell me that protein and nutrient rich food are helpful in the morning. And I typically do eat that. Um, I, I love Greek yogurt. I eat plain, full fat Greek yogurt because fat is, is good and, uh, real fat, uh, not trans fats, <laughs> but, uh, I have full fat, plain Greek yogurt. I have granola that has no sugar in it. And, um, I typically will put some sort of fruit in it, most likely blueberries, but if I don't have blueberries, something else. So that's pretty much what I eat every morning. And if not, I eat something ick, like I'll have, toast with butter, which isn't necessarily the best choice because there's no protein. What about you? I actually, I try to do meal prep. Um, so I've been working with a functional nutritionist for the last year with some of my, what we think is autoimmune stuff and I've had great success and we try to get veggies in, in every meal. So in the mornings I either do like a breakfast hash, which is like sweet potato and peppers and onions and kale. And there's some other ingredients that I'm sure I'm forgetting with ghee, another nice healthy Ooh, bat. Yes. Um, I will do that on like a Sunday night and then I have it for breakfast for three or four days, which is kind of awesome. The meal prepping is huge. I also do smoothies. I'm a big smoothie person because that is easy mm -hmm. and you don't need a lot of hands to eat it. And you can also make servings and um, save it for other days. And then I also do egg scrambles. So same as you, I find that for the weekends, I love to do something more indulgent, like healthy pancakes. But if I eat a carb heavy breakfast in the morning, I'm starving and my energy levels just don't sustain throughout the day. So as much as they're yummy, I find that it does affect my focus and my productivity. So I kind of steer away from that. And then I also try to usually get exercise in first thing in the morning. Cause I feel like my whole day just starts better if I get some type of movement, but that varies from day to day. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's smart. I try to take a walk every day. That's something that I'm working on right now, but I definitely don't have a set schedule for anything. And, and, you know, Courtney knows this, but for our listeners, Courtney's very much the buttoned up, uh, schedule organized, organized mom. I am the, what, 
strikes me. I'm the moment type mom and I am trying very hard to become the planner mom. Um, so Courtney's inspiring in that sense for me. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm trying to become a little less, I don't know, what's the right word? A little less obsessive. I need to go with the flow more. So we, we help each other out there. So for listeners, as I said, I'm trying to be less structured and Danielle and I, when we both lived in Boston in our twenties, uh, trained for and ran two marathons together. And that, you know, was the one thing I had to focus on besides social life and work. Uh, but also I realized that I can no longer do the hard and heavy exercise like that. It used to give me energy and now it just depletes me being a mom and being older. So I found that the type of movement that I get in every day is so different. Even if it's just stretching or gentle yoga, in addition to a walk, uh, that's a good day as opposed to forcing myself to go for like a six mile run, or I don't even know how I would do it. Danielle, I don't know about you, but on the weekends, if I woke up and did like a, you know, 18 mile run, I'd be down for the count for the rest of the day with the kiddos running around. So. Yeah. I wish that the listeners could see my face because I, that makes me just cringe so hard. And maybe it's like, you know, PTSD from all the Saturday morning long runs, but there is absolutely no way that I could train for a marathon today. Um, it's something I really loved doing. And I miss that runner's high that you get when you've really pushed yourself but I'm a hundred percent on the same page. I want to take a nice walk, maybe a Pilates class. Um, as all of our moms know um, that are listening, your core really becomes compromised when you have kids. And so working on my core has been a huge, um, priority of mine since having, uh, my two-year-old and yeah, I just, I call myself a retired runner when people ask me if I still run. I say, oh no, I'm retired. I'm retired. Maybe one day I'll come out of retirement, like maybe in my real retirement, but not anytime soon. I'm currently a retired runner too. I may go back in a few months, but like I have, I'm not even joking. I have fish oil supplements and like I put collagen powder in mm. my smoothies and in my coffee. Cause I'm like my joints for, uh, I'm 35, my 35 year old. I was like, I think that I'm aging a little too fast. I, I, my days of running are limited, but, um, and it's funny as we're talking about food and fueling ourselves, I feel like over the last few years, yes, there are times where I'm like, I'm starving. I haven't been able to eat all day. I'm racing around the kids and doing work. So I'll eat whatever, but more often than not, I'm thinking about like, how is this going to give me energy as opposed to like everything in my house is like biohacked to be like, this is the thing to reduce inflammation and give you more energy and give you all of your vitamins and minerals. And it's just interesting how differently I look at food now that you're busy and, you know, time is limited and every single, you know, choice counts. Yeah. Yeah. I would say you know, if we're giving tips on how to fuel for success, right? One of the most important things you can do as a mom is plan, pre-plan the week. Because if you don't have a plan for, and I'm sure you'll be nodding your head. If you don't have a plan for the week about what you're eating, it's just going to be a frustrating 
situation every time it's a mealtime because you're trying to invent something in the moment when you've had a long day and it just doesn't work. That's a great point. Something else I like about that is I agree, like plan for as much as you can, whether it's meals, whether it's coordinating schedules with your uh, spouse. So right now my husband and I, we've never done this before, but we share everything on a joint calendar because if we don't, it, it our lives would just be chaos. There would be so many issues every single day with just being able to be where we need to be and do what we need to do. Um, but I also think that in addition to planning, part of it is also realizing that there are certain things that you are just never going to be able to change and letting those go to some extent. So, you know, something that I've struggled with in terms of fueling for success is I, because I'm a planner, I assume everything's going to go to plan every single time. And then I get flustered or I just like lose my like temper when, <laughs> That's more towards my husband, but when things don't go according to plan, um, and it's really disappointing. And I'm like, why am I letting myself get disappointed every single time? Because I know it's never going to be perfect. I need to readjust my expectations around things because it makes things a lot easier to, uh, to roll with the punches when I do that. So, yeah, you and your husband, you and my husband are exactly alike, <laughs> Yes. And you and my husband are exactly like, <laughs> what is that saying? You marry your opposite and then you drive each other crazy for the rest of your lives. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I, my husband's the exact same way. He gets disappointed every time. Like, you know, he'll, he'll, we have an eight, I have an eight year old stepson and, um, and I would say him and I are more indoor people and Kyle, my husband is an outdoor person. And so is our two-year-old. And so Kyle will get all hyped up. It's a nice day and say like, oh, let's go on a family walk. And uh, our eight-year-old and myself will kind of roll our eyes and go begrudgingly. begrudgingly. And uh, my husband and our two-year-old are like, ready to go, like running to get their shoes on. And then he gets disappointed that not everyone wants to do exactly what he wants to do. So it's so much of being married is, um, managing people's expectations and planning. And, and that's, it's every aspect. You just need to plan because otherwise, and have the conversations. Otherwise it's not going to work out. And we're the same way. We share everything. We have a meeting every Sunday night to go over the week. Who has late meetings? Who doesn't? Who's picking up the kids on what day? Who's waking up with the kids on what day? Who's making dinner on what day? All of that is planned on Sunday so that there's no questions. Um, do you also schedule who makes the bed? I never got to ask you if you earned your fancy new hairdryer. <laughs> I never really like we, so for our listeners, my husband told me that if I made the bed for 30 days, which by the way, this makes me sound like I'm a child, um, <laughs> 30 days in a row, he would buy me the Dyson hairdryer. And, um, I never really asked for it, but I have been making the bed. So I have been just slip little hints to, to, um, Kyle, but that's funny. 
it's, it is true about the talking about things. I love that you have a little meeting. Josh and I kind of do that over dinner every night. We're like, okay, what does your day look like the next day? But then on weekends, he hates it when I ask like, what's your plan? What's your plan? And I ask it because I'm such a planner. And I know like, if he's going to do his workout from this time, then I'll plan my workout at this time. And he's always like, I just want, I just want to relax for a little bit. I don't want to plan anything. And I'm like, but if we don't plan anything, it's 5 PM. Neither of us have gotten our workouts in. We don't know what's for dinner. We haven't left. Well, can't really leave the house much anyway. And you know, COVID 19 stuff, but, um, and so there is some compromise there, but yeah. And all this, like, if you're thinking to yourself, like, wow, how does this relate to me trying to be successful in my career? Well, if you don't have all this other stuff figured out, you're not going to be successful in professionally because you don't have the mental or physical bandwidth to do that. That's a great point. Actually, something that I did want to share that I have found hugely helpful, especially when you're starting out in your business, it's really easy to get excited for a month or two or a few months and you get going, but then life challenges like, you know, coordinating schedules with a spouse or your children's schedules or another family member needs you or other responsibilities get in the way. It's then really easy for things to fizzle out. And then all of a sudden your goal you were really excited about becomes a distant memory. And I've had that happen to me a few times before. And something that's been really critical this time is making sure I surround myself with people who are doing the same thing or a few steps ahead of me in that process. So whether it's following people on social media, listening to podcasts, something I've personally loved is investing in courses or some type of container where I'm learning and working with other people because it's helped me be accountable. But these challenges that we're facing, everyone else faces too. And so being able to talk to someone else and just get a few tips or just mentally and emotionally be, you know, supported and, um, kind of instructed on how to navigate, it's made a huge difference. And so if anyone is facing these challenges, I really recommend fueling yourself by surrounding yourself with people who are doing what you want to do or one or two steps further in the process, um, and putting yourself in some type of container where you're constantly being reminded because out of sight, out of mind is really true. At least I feel. Yeah. I think one thing you didn't mention there that I would just add is having skin in the game financially. So when you pay for, to be a part of a community, um, of like-minded people who are trying to accomplish exactly what you're trying to accomplish, um, you have skin in the game. You're every month you are paying a certain amount of money. And I would argue like, let it be a stretch. Let it be a little bit of a stretch because that's going to put a fire under you to actually get an ROI on that money. Um, but I agree. I tried to do this on my own for a year. I bought a course that was, uh, do it yourself. There's no support. It was just, you know, I bought a workbook essentially. And, that just didn't work for me. It worked for a little while, but then exactly like Courtney said, it fizzles out. You have a bad day um, or something major happens in your life, like COVID, um, and you, and it fizzles out. And then you get, and then every day that passes that you don't do something for your business, you become further and further away from it. And your mindset is going to be, oh, well, it's going to be too much for me to pick it up now. 
And mm-hmm. so, um, so yes, stay, or stay surrounded by people who are doing what you're trying to do, join communities, pay for them, right? Especially if you're trying to build a coaching business or consulting business, anything that's service related, right? Because put your money where your mouth is, right? Like don't just ask other people to pay you for coaching services, seek out coaching services yourself and pay for them and see what you like about them and what you don't and what you might offer to your clients. Um, I think that's really important for, for service providers. Yeah. I think that's a great point. There's that quote. That's like, you pay attention to what you pay for. And it has Mm. been very true in my experience. Something else I like about the paying for a course and getting support is not only are you invested, but it helps other people around you be invested in your success too. When I decided that I was going to go off and do something on my own, I feel like my family and my friends, they were like, oh yeah, you're, you're very talented in your career, but are you sure you want to do that? And the amount of times I've been asked, are you sure you want to do that? And part of that's Mm -hmm. because no one in my life is entrepreneurial. Everyone has a more traditional uh, job or career. And so to them, there was this element of risk, but when they saw, I was actually putting money down and investing in a course, they were like, oh, she's serious. Like she's going to make this happen. And I felt like Mm -hmm. they supported me in the journey. And on the flip side, if your family and friends are not supportive, even if you invest, you are getting that support from the group of people that you're working through the course with or learning with. So I think it's a win-win either way, but I think it helps from a relationship standpoint too, because so often the people around you may not be supporting you or holding space for you in the way you need them to, because they haven't been through it themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of our parents' generation have traditional jobs, um, even like older millennials, which I sort of consider myself, but I mean like even just a little bit older. Um, <laughs> are very much like corporate minded, stable job, work for 10 years for the same company. And I think I, you know, Gen Z really annoys me right now with their whole like side part and skinny jean (laughs) attack. But I think that they have it right when they, when they come to the workplace with so much confidence and they really feel that they have something valuable to offer and they're not afraid to email the VP of sales to get advice or to ask for what they want in their career. And I, you know, I work because I'm in sales, there's all different layers of sales. And a lot of people come right from college into the workforce and become BDRs, which is, you know, the lowest sales job you can have where you're just making cold calls and cold emails all day, which is an awful job, but everyone who's successful in sales has done it before. So you kind of pay your dues and move on. Either way, I I work with a lot of these kids who are um, in that age range and they are not afraid to ask for what they feel they deserve and they get it. And it's teaching me that I have felt so boxed up in this corporate environment and like, I need to do everything right and follow what my, you know, leaders tell me. And part of my dis- 
dissatisfaction with the corporate environment is myself is, is like my own fault because I haven't advocated for myself and asked for what I want. Um, and just so our listeners know, I'm still in my corporate job. I'm working on my business as a side project at the moment, a very important side project that will become my main job. Um, and I can't wait for us all to celebrate together. Um, when I do leave my corporate job, hopefully no one's listening. Um, but, (laughs) but, um, I, I am still in it. So, um, that's something I've learned for folks who are on, who are listening and are still in their corporate job and want to get out. Like, what can you do now to make yourself happier in, in that situation? I think that's a really good point because something I've learned is, you know, when you say there's younger generations that are just walking right in and asking for what they want and they're getting it in my, my career, when I was in advertising agencies and more corporate environments before leaving to do my own thing, you felt like you said there's a box and you had to follow a very specific ladder and you had to follow a very specific trajectory. You couldn't skip any of the steps. You had to earn your keep. And I think that the world of business is changing, especially for the generation below us. And part of it is they're looking at it as I don't want to waste a year, five years, 10 years doing something I'm miserable just to get to a level that I might like. I'm going to make decisions every day that fill my cup, even if they're a little less traditional, even if there's more quote unquote risk, you know, assigned to them. I feel like that generation has so many more people that are going off on an entrepreneurial journey because they don't want to have to answer to anyone. They don't want to have to speak to anyone. And I think that that is empowering and something I've been trying to channel as it relates to that is the if I were to wake up today, this is kind of more of a morbid thought, but like if I were to wake up today and it was one of my last days, am I enjoying what I'm doing? And I know that sounds so cliche, but you finally reach a point where you don't care anymore. And you're like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to do this instead. And you realize that when you're happy, you bring more value to all of those people around you. And so Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily matter if you have a degree or 20 years in it, if you're passionate about it, if you're engaged, if you're learning to, or willing to learn with other people and you show up, you're going to make it. It's the energy and the intention that you put behind it, as opposed to a formal degree or training is Mm -hmm. what I found recently. And that's really encouraging. And it should be encouraging to anyone listening today, because if you want something bad enough and you invest in yourself, time, energy, money, you can make it happen. I've seen it time and again with other people. And even with both of us making things happen, we didn't think were a possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was perfectly said. You have any, I'm also kind of like a self-help self improvement junkie. So I love books. I love podcasts. I'm actually reading right now. Have you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle? I haven't. It's really good. Uh, But I love like Brene Brown. Love me some Oprah. (laughs) I feel like I'm a little young of a generation for her, but I really like her. Um, And there's plenty of other inspiring people that I follow. Of course I can't. I need to look at my bookshelf because they're not coming to top of mind right now. Um, But I love 
reading for 15 minutes, either before bed or in the morning, if I just need like a little bit of a pep talk, cause I can read a chapter about someone else and it like gets me through whatever that hard thing is for the day. Yeah. I actually, I'm, I'm trying to make that a habit in my life. Um, I typically read on my Kindle at night when I can't fall asleep. That's sort of when, or just right before I'm falling asleep, but I don't, it's sort of an ad hoc thing, right? Just like everything else in my life. If I feel like reading, I do. So I'm trying to make reading right before bed a habit. And, um, and also like something I do with my husband, because I don't know about you, but there's so very few things to do right now in, in still in our houses, um, that we can do together. So we've been reading Atomic Habits by James Clear, which I am loving. Are you? Yes. I love the concept that the rough concept for those listening and for you, Court, if you haven't read it, is that it's not the goals that get, that make you successful. It's the process and the systems. And so instead of creating goals, you need to create process and systems. And he talks about, in the first chapter, he talks about the British cycling team, how they were uh, traditionally awful, terrible, like the laughing stock of the cycling world. Not that I know anything about cycling, but they hired this coach who thought very similar to James Clear in, in this like micro enhancements and systems. And he changed a hundred tiny things. He didn't say, oh, our goal is to win the Tour de France because that was their goal every year, but they never did, right? And his what he did was he came in and said, what hundred things can we change that will make small gains and, and add up to us winning? Um, and he did it. And, um, they won and it was super, super, it's just super interesting. I'm still in the very beginning, but I'm like, dying to read more of it. I'm going to have to buy that as my next one. So something I've been doing is I get book recommendations from people all the time. So I either drop them in a note on my phone and my computer so that the next time I'm done with a book, I can go to that list and be like, okay, that's right. I have these 10 books. What do I want to pick from next? Or I put them in my Amazon cart and save for later so that they're in there and I can just buy them as I want to. Something that was interesting to me too, as you shared this book is I felt like that was a very Danielle book and I feel like a Brene Brown or a Glennon Doyle is a very Courtney book. And I say that because it's interesting how people can come at their business from a different perspective. I feel like Danielle, you have a much more systems and process oriented mindset. Whereas where I'm weak and I need, I need the push is overcoming imposter syndrome. And I feel like you are more like, give me the specific, like give me the specific steps or give me the tweaks that I can make from an operational perspective. Um, and it's interesting because we've both had really good success. And when we chat, we're sharing like opposite information with each other because we just cons- we're drawn to and consume different information, um, which yes. I always find interesting. Um, but one question you mentioned, you and Kyle are reading, do you guys read the same, you both read the same book at the same time? I read aloud to him. Oh, no, I only yeah. asked because a few couples have told me that they're doing that during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. That actually brings me to as well. I had, um, it's taken a hiatus, but we had had a book club with a bunch of 
women that I know. And it was focused mostly on like health and wellness, but wellness is a broad term. It could mean financial wellness too. And community I have learned is really, really helpful to fueling myself for success. Um, it's just different perspectives, um, and things I have never thought of before. And so that's something I've loved about social media, about, um, you know, people I've met through other podcasts, um, you know, friends of Danielle's we've done a little bit of clubhouse stuff, but I feel like the community aspect is also huge to success as a business owner. Um, because no entrepreneur actually does it alone. <laughs> um, we're all just kind of helping each other in our own little, you know, lanes. So something I yeah. wanted to throw out there, anything you can do to build community in your life, whether it's a book club, whether it's like, you know, chats with other entrepreneurs, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I would say on a mom note, I've built a really great community in the community that I live in, um, of just other moms that are, that have kids that are at the same stage as, as mine. And we share so much, like, where should we get it? Where should they get a haircut? Where, um, and it's a lot of local stuff, but it's also developmental stuff. Like, Hey, is blah, 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 walking or, and we share successes and, um, failures and, it's just really nice to have a community of like-minded people. So I think that that totally resonates mm -hmm. with um, what you were saying, Courtney, you know, hear from different people, get different perspectives and help each other and make sure you're helping as much as you're asking um, for mm -hmm. help, because um, the best way to build relationships with people is to give them value. And um, that's a businessy way of saying be kind and see if you can find ways to help them in their life, right? Like if you notice on social media that someone that follows you and you follow back um, just ran a half marathon, right? Congratulate them. Ask them what made them successful in that endeavor, right? Like be curious, start conversations and um, be kind to others and it will come back to you. Yeah, I love that. Um, I also think that just to wrap it up, when you give to other people, that gives you energy and encouragement and inspiration. So I don't know about you, but you know how they, the corny saying of like, it always feels better to give a gift than it does to receive it. I have found that that is often true, whether it's giving value to your clients, your customers, other entrepreneurs, um, it kind of come back, comes back tenfold to you. So I know um, we're at about time. Anything else that we missed, Danielle, that you think is a go-to in terms of fueling yourself for success? Or did we um, capture everything that we're doing as of late or that we've used recently? I think we've captured everything. So thanks for listening to this episode. Definitely follow us on social. We'll share our, uh, how to reach us in just a minute. Um, but leave a comment, DM us with what you do to fuel success. We're always interested in what others are doing and would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you found some new tips and tricks on how to fuel yourself for success. And we'd love to hear from you on what keeps you moving forward feel free to drop us a DM on Instagram. I'm at Courtney Henry Consulting and Danielle's at Shaping Young Taste Buds. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Until next time, mom friends. <laughs>